I'm Savannah. I'm Alicia. And this is Burden of Proof. We may have forgotten how to do this. It's been two weeks since we've recorded. (laughs) (laughs) That's been happening more often. It's okay. We get back in the swing of it. Hey, so far we've never missed a week of uploading, so. Yep. So here we are. So Um, what you got for us? This week we have the hazing murder of Stone Foltz. Yeah, so uh, shout out to Kat, my friend and coworker who sent me this case and was like, you should cover it. And I was like, you know what? I don't have a case for, at that point it was next week, but it has been two weeks since then. Uh, (laughs) So I'll do it. And I did it. And here we are. Either way. Thank you, Kat. And she found out because Stone's girlfriend, Maddie, has been pretty outspoken on social media. So that's how we found it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think we're good to get right into it. So hazing, hazing. I'm a little, I'm a little scared. Yeah, it's. I should I be scared? I think you'll be. Is oh, it violent? No, it's not violent. Okay. Um, it's horrible, and it shouldn't have happened. I don't want to devalue that, but there are stories of hazing that I have heard that are much more graphic and humiliating yeah. than this one. So yeah, that's. It's not like torturous okay you're gonna be fine okay um mostly what we're gonna be talking about is the negligence that caused that resulted in stone's death gotcha so gucci you're fine all right cool so stone was born in november of 2000 and he would be turning 23 this year um it's close to home because how old we are basically how old my fiance is he was born. I was not we as in you and i <laughs> That's how old uh, you are. A mere baby. You're a BB. <laughs> My baby. Yes. I should rewatch Shit's Creek. <laughs> I should do yeah. for the seventh time. I know it's so good. But Nicholas was born in 2000, so it, yeah, this yes. was a uh, it was rough to and it was it was weird to put yourself in the position too. And we'll talk a lot about a little later about who's to blame and how to place blame for something like this and blah 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 because. I have feelings, and I know you will have feelings. Yes. So. I always have feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. We're very opinionated I, as a person, as people. I actually curb my opinions for the show. <laughs> she has to because I'm terrified of getting canceled <laughs> at any point. We've never said anything cancelable, but there have been times I'm like, but what if Twitter gets mad? <laughs> and we're on the right side. And then my, we have the right opinions. My Gen X butt says, so? <laughs> What if they do? Exactly. They've never gotten mad. Not yet. The only I, thing that the only thing we we've gotten complaints about is this that we Oh, the banter. The banter. I don't it's, like the banter. Uh, I like the banter. Yes. <laughs> um, As do I. Yes. So far, Twitter likes us. It's because normally we have the correct opinions, but whatever. <laughs> Um, Stone was from Westerville, Ohio, and he was born to Sherry and Corey Foltz. He graduated high school in 2019 from Buckeye Valley High School, where he played baseball, basketball, and lacrosse. He was a very sporty young man. Oh, sporty. Another Ohio case. Ohio. Ohio. My home state. They have a lot of crime. They do. Remind me to come back. Honestly, when we moved here to Florida and many people said, why Florida? Because they're thinking Florida is where all the crazy people live. No. And I was thinking, oh, Ohio comes in a close second. It's I, I don't know say, if you're aware of this, but. Yeah. 
And that's, I, well, we've talked about this before. The only reason that Florida is so high up and people's like, well, the crazy Florida man is because Florida has the sunshine laws, which means that all of our crime is pretty much public record and it's yes. really easy for people to report on, whereas other states don't have that. Yeah. So we're not actually that much more full of crime. It's just that you guys don't know about all the other crime in the states. So, yeah. Anyway, that was a tangent. He graduated in 2019 and decided he was going to enroll in Bowling Green State University after graduation, and he joined their business college. And he didn't play for the college teams, but he still played sports on the intramural, intram, I can never say that word. Intramural? Teams. You just have to slow it down. I know. I talk too fast. He loved the Ohio Buckeyes and was always watching and discussing their plays. He cared deeply for his family, and he knew that when he graduated from college, he wanted to move somewhere on the coast with the beach. He wanted warmer weather, more water, and more fun. Don't blame you. No. Not at all. Yeah. Except don't come to the west coast of Florida. Please don't. Um, well, not just because of people, but if you want water and the beach, you'll get it like three weeks out of the year when red tide's not around. Yeah. Red tide is so bad. Stone was a kind and gentle person. He was super compassionate for people and had a deep love for his family, and they drove him to be a better version of himself every day. He always stood up for others when they didn't have the strength to do it themselves, and he found an inner strength striving to do the right thing. And Stone died at the age of 20 with his whole life in front of him. Stone had decided to pledge to Pi Kappa Alpha International Fraternity, or as you most likely know it, Pike. Okay. I don't. I don't know fraternities. I was not a... Okay. Well, Pike's reputation precedes it. I didn't even go to a college that had Greek life, and I know all about Pike. Okay. I knew that they were known for their hazing, but what I mostly knew them for was, let's just say you don't drink what they give you blindly. Yeah. Uh, the chapter that Stone was entering was actually only allowed to serve things from closed containers or cans because of their history of sexual assault and drugging. Sounds like a blast. <laughs> Yay. Woohoo. Greek life. Um, and I'm not saying that all Greek life is bad. That's no. definitely not true. I know a ton of people who've been in sororities, who've had, you know, amazing experiences. But hazing is such a fascinating part of the Greek life subculture for me. It's a combination of ritual and traditional behavior, peer pressure, immaturity, and it doesn't usually end well. We'll go over some other issues and examples of hazing. But it's fascinating because, like, you're, from the outside looking in, you're like, how does it get this far? Yeah. But then, like, in the moment, I can kind of see, okay, there's these older kids. You want to be cool. You want to join the fraternity. You want to be part of the brotherhood. So you'll do whatever they say. And yeah. then they're just hyped up on drugs or alcohol and power. And so it just goes too far. And the and psychology, the whole group mentality behind an event like that and everybody there's a lot of people who probably they're they have the thought like this is too far this is too far but mm -hmm. like they just continue to go with it because well everybody else is going with it and then yeah for whatever reason nobody speaks up and says wait stop <laughs> but does nobody speak up well, and say wait stop because never. i think that they do not never and we'll talk about that later <laughs> okay so he had rushed and pledged to pike and he started going through quote unquote hell week which is of course not the official name just a reference to the week that they have to go through before they become full members a lot of this is just events and like speaking engagements and whatever but towards the end on march 4th in fact of 2021 
Stone had exchanged some texts with some of his friends and pledge brothers, and he got dressed in formal attire and started heading off to the campus frat or the off-campus frat house. It wasn't on campus. Okay. It was on Main Street away from campus. So from this point, I'm going to start reading from a couple of the complaints. So there's a couple different lawsuits. This is the complaint. This was the criminal lawsuit that was directly against several of the members of the first of the fraternity. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Well, this is the criminal one. There's a criminal gotcha. and a civil. Yep. So basically, there were a bunch of people present: Dalen Dunson, Jacob Crin, Jared Prizel, Jarrett Horde, Jameer Dodgson, Cannon Caldwell, Benjamin Boyers, Niall Sweeney, and Aaron Lahane. A lot of alliteration in these names, so I had to go slow. <laughs> so they were all present. This was what was going to be known as the big little ritual event. Okay. Okay. Troy Hendrickson, who was one of the defendants in the case, was not present for this event, but he planned it and he notified the pledges of everything. And he's the one who put this together. So even though he wasn't there, he is important. Okay. Okay. Troy Hendrickson also told Stone and other pledges that they would need to in- tell their teachers, their professors, that they would probably be absent from class the next day, which is a mind fuck. Like, it, he was doing it to yeah. be mean. He was being like, well, you probably tell your teachers, you're not going to make it to class tomorrow. Yeah. So they were freaking out about what that like, meant. Yeah. It was only at the last minute that Troy decided he was actually not going to be at the party and he delegated the responsibility to Jarrett Prizel. Okay. So that's the crew that we're dealing with here. Stone, right. arri- Stone arrived at the 318 North Main Street house. And he and the other pledges were told to, they were blindfolded after they were informed about the event. Um, they said that they told them about it beforehand. They used their ties to blindfold themselves. And then the active members led them into a basement down some narrow stairs while they were playing really loud music and pushing them around in order to disorient them. When they got down to the basement, Stone's big brother um, was Jacob Crin. And this part of the ritual, they were told they were given a fifth of alcohol and they had to drink the whole thing of what they called the family liquor. So each big had a specific liquor that they gave to their little. Okay. And told them, this is like the family liquor. This is my family passed it down to you. And now you're part of this family. So you've got to drink it. Even though they never technically said you had to drink the whole thing, it was heavily implied. Yeah. You're not going to hand somebody a bottle of liquor and say you have to drink it. And they're in this scenario. They drank the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, what else are they supposed to think? Yeah. So Stone consumed the whole bottle in 18 minutes, which is very short (laughs) for the amount of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is a liter, I think. Yeah. And what was it? Do we know? We do know. I don't remember. Let me... Let me look through my notes. I think it's later that I... It was Evan Williams Whiskey. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So in 18 minutes, he drank the whole liter. And around 10 o'clock, Jacob took Stone back to his apartment. Jacob was supposed to spend the night with Stone to make sure that he was safe. But he didn't. He left. And around 10.30, Stone's roommate, Wade, arrived back to the apartment, and he saw him face down on the couch in the living room. At that point, Stone was still breathing. 
Wade sat with him and tried to make sure he was safe. And then he called Stone's girlfriend, Maddie, to come over and watch him. Unfortunately, a little bit after Maddie got there, Stone stopped breathing and his face and ears and neck started turning purple. At 11.23, Maddie called 911. And during the 911 call, before the EMTs arrived, Wade started performing CPR. The EMTs arrived four minutes later, basically three minutes later, whether you look at the time clock, at 11.25, and began efforts to save Stone's life. He was taken to Wood County Hospital by helicopter in Toledo, Ohio. But unfortunately, due to the lack of oxygen for an extended period of time, doctors were unable to bring him back. So from March 5th until his death on March 7th, 2021, doctors at the hospital went through a ton of effort to prepare his body for organ donation. So because years ago when he got his driver's license, he had decided to become an organ donor, they were able to donate his heart, lungs, a portion of his spleen, his liver, his kidneys, glands, and tissues so that other people might be able to live. And so that was amazing. According to his autopsy, Stone's blood alcohol content was at 0.394, which is like four times the legal limit. Holy. It was really bad. Um, He had no other drugs in his system. The only thing he had consumed was alcohol. And I'm going to read the medical examiner's opinion. Excuse me, the coroner. There is a difference. It was a coroner. Yeah. And he said, it is my opinion that Stone Foltz died of fatal ethanol intoxication during hazing incident, manner of death, accident, college fraternity induction ritual. Okay. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink some water while that sets in. I, uh, I guess that's, I mean, that's fair in the sense that they didn't, I agree that it was accidental and that, you know, that's not their intention isn't mm-hmm. to kill somebody, but like you just. That's just, mm-hmm. you can't drink that level of alcohol in that short a period of time in such mass quantity yeah. and be okay. Mm-hmm. So if he was not responding, it doesn't matter if he was breathing, somebody, somebody should have yeah. gotten him medical attention. So the university, after they heard about Stone's death, they sent a note to the chapter president that they were suspended immediately pending investigation. They sent a note to the higher-ups of the frat, which is exactly what they're supposed to do, according to their bylaws, to send it directly to them, saying, we're going to do an investigation. Um, And so during this internal investigation, they basically charged them with a bunch of things. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of things. A bunch of things. Yeah. Offenses against persons, according to how it's written. But they just said, like, this is what you did. Yeah. And it's wrong. You shouldn't do it. Bad. Right? <laughs> so. Here's the slap. <laughs> yeah. This time they do a little bit more than a slap on the wrist, but well, yeah. They charge them of giving them alcohol under the legal age mm-hmm. and hazing. And hazing is already illegal. You can't do it. You're not, yeah. you're not allowed to haze people. There are laws in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's in the statute books. Don't do it. Because this is not the first time, and it will definitely not be the last time that people die. It's horrible. But they were found guilty on all of these conduct charges, and they were permanently expelled from campus. Good. That was in April 
in July, late July, BGSU announced the expulsion of three of the students and the suspension of 18 additional students for the hazing event. So that's that's the university's response. Okay. Okay. Going back to April, April 29th, 2021, Wood County Prosecutor Paul Dobson charged eight of the men in connection with Stone Foltz's death. Okay. I'm going to read some. I'm going to read some of the charges. Some of the lesser charges I'm not going to read because it yeah. gets repetitive. But Jacob Crin, his big, was charged with first-degree involuntary manslaughter, third-degree involuntary manslaughter, reckless homicide, felonious assault, hazing, obstructing official business, and failure to comply with underage alcohol laws. He was found not guilty of first-degree involuntary manslaughter, third-degree involuntary manslaughter, reckless homicide, and felonious assault. He was found guilty of hazing, obstructing official business, and failure to comply, which were misdemeanors. Troy Hendrickson. <laughs> okay. I'm processing. Sorry. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more in depth. I'm just going to give you the list ahead yeah. of time, and yeah, then we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll break it down. Troy Hendrickson, the one who organized everything mm-hmm. and planned the event, but wasn't there, was charged with the same charges, the third, well, third degree involuntary manslaughter, not first degree, reckless homicide, tampering with evidence, hazing, and failure to comply with underage alcohol laws. He was found not guilty, except he was found guilty on hazing and failure to comply with the al- underage alcohol laws. Mm-hmm. Misdemeanors. Dalen Dunson, he was the chapter president. He was third degree felony, uh, involuntary manslaughter, tampering with evidence, Obstructing justice, hazing, obstructing official business, and failure to comply with underage alcohol laws. And then they also charged Canyon Caldwell, Niall Sweeney, Aaron Lahane, Benjamin Boyers. And they were all charged and sentenced with with things, but I'm just going to mainly focus on Troy and Jacob. Mm-hmm. And again, the only thing I couldn't really figure out what they were charging them for was the obstruction charges. I I didn't really know what was happening on that, but... I'm sure that there's documentation somewhere and I just missed it. I imagine they were trying to... Probably like, nah, didn't do it. Cover, yeah. Yeah. I imagine that they probably, once they found out he was dead, they're like, oh. Yeah. We got to pretend like that party never happened. Exactly. We had nothing to do with it. So Jacob and Troy were both sentenced to 42 days in jail. They followed that by a 28-day house arrest. And then they were on probation for two years with conditions. About the convictions, Sherry and Corey, Stone's parents, said, quote, The young men convicted in Stone's death now have to face the consequences of their actions. What they did was cruel, senseless, and destructive to their lives and ours. And it wasn't done in secret. We demand accountability, not just for Stone, but for every parent across the country who is dropping their child off at college. Yeah. So they said that to CNN. And then one of their family attorneys, Rex Elliott, said that the boys were, quote, were acting within a system created for them by adults, and only the adults can eradic- eradicate hazing for good. Until universities start acting, actively enforcing policies that prevent hazing on their campuses, more young lives will regrettably be lost. This is where I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of where I, this, I'm going to go on a tangent, and again, just warning you. This is a common train of thought throughout all hazing cases. And part of me wonders how much of that displacement of blame comes from privilege of wealthy or well-off white men who started fraternities taking the blame off of their members to keep their sons out of trouble. So who am I? 
And I'm not trying to reduce the blame that should be taken by the university because they were quite negligent in this case. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But I do think that these boys knew better than to do what they did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I agree with that, the statement about the university's cracking Mm -hmm. down on. Yeah. No, that's not to take away from the accountability of the actual well men technically yeah. you're in what they had to be older they were older than 21 and 21 so, and yeah 22 um you're you're adults mm-hmm. you're not boys you're adults mm-hmm. you're about to graduate college welcome to real life yeah friends and real consequences but i do think two things i do agree that if it's a house on campus i see how legally the school has not only the right, but a liability mm-hmm. or an obligation to crack down. If they mm-hmm. even catch wind that hazing is happening or anything, you know, like that is happening, they should absolutely be cracking down because it is illegal. So mm-hmm. you would be cracking down if these kids were out, like breaking and entering and, you yeah. know, or like bringing hardcore drugs why why are you you're not cracking down because you just chalk it up to eh, it's just a bunch of kids drinking no big oh, deal well, we'll talk about why they don't crack down on it well yeah and and i know that probably that probably goes into like mm. oh well those are like you said privileged kids and they pay us money because that's uh-huh I, I just didn't want to go on that tangent about, oh, I have a monologue about fine. education and like <laughs> the problem with our colleges now and that they treat it more like a business than an actual education system. But anyway, the house was off of campus. Mm-hmm. So I can see how a university could get away with being like, well, it didn't happen on, our, you know, mm-hmm. it didn't happen on our time. It didn't happen on our property. So yeah. our hands are clean. I can see what you're saying. I hadn't thought about it like that. But that's okay because the judge didn't see it that way. So, oh, well, good. <laughs> um, so there was, in addition to the criminal lawsuit filed against Jacob and so many other members, there was a civil lawsuit filed against BGSU by Sharon Foltz on behalf of her son's estate, which she was the representative of. Right. Probate. <laughs> Shout out to probate. <laughs> this suit detailed the long history of hazing and specifically hazing at the university and their punishments. We're going to move on to that complaint that was filed by Sherry and her attorneys. Okay. BGSU was very active in its promotion of Greek life, which many universities are. I would go to say that most universities are. They sort of insinuated to students that Greek life was the way to really make the most of their college experience. Technically, their negligence doesn't lie in cultivating a Greek life culture on their campus or encouraging students to join fraternities or sororities. Most universities, like I said, they do it. And I think it's a combination of increasing school spirit, making happy and donation-hungry alumni, and the fact that Greek life is a big moneymaker for campuses. It makes them really pushy about pushing students to join and to rush. There was discipline here and there for some hazing issues, but clearly not enough to nip these things in the bud. Hazing has been a massive problem for years across the nation, and the problem doesn't lie solely with BGSU. It's the universities everywhere who let the wrong people get away with things that they shouldn't. But I think we all know that, looking at the sexual assault and rape cases across our country, but that's a story for a different time. (laughs) 
In the initial complaint in the lawsuit filed by Sherry against BGSU, there were nearly five pages of hazing incidences that were cited as proof. Several of these were just Pike. They had, I think the number was like 30 or 40 different Greek life associations on their campus. So, for example, this one is a little bit rough. In 2010, a BGSU student wrote an article describing how hazing was a problem on their campus. In that article, they described a hazing incident from 11 years prior where a fraternity forced pledges to wear diapers and squat against a wall. And if pledges answered the questions wrong, they threw food at them. There's a ton of it all over the campus, and everybody knew about it. It wasn't a secret. I mean, it was something that they knew they shouldn't do, so they didn't advertise it. Yeah. But somebody's publishing articles about it. Yeah. Students so talk. clearly, it's out there. Um, so you said that was written in 2010, but it was referencing that incident being 11 years prior. You know, I'm not sure. It might be the way that I wrote it, that it was before. I'm not sure. Oh, I was just going to say that would make it in the 90s. And I can absolutely. It probably. Yeah. Through you especially know, like sure. 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm sure hazing was awful. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know what year that was from um, exactly. So who knows? But well, I should say I would venture to say that probably hazing progressively got worse through 70s, 80s and 90s mm-hmm. because the ni- like 90s are when I was in high school and college. I went started college in the late 90s and it, I, I was not part of Greek. I would not. Yeah. I was. I no. That was not my scene. I knew a couple guys that from a job that I had. So I had been to a frat house and that just further confirmed (laughs) that that was not my scene. Yeah. And I would not be doing that. That was before I went to college, though. I was actually still in high school. So, yes, Mm -hmm. as a high school girl, a college frat house. Delightful. Yes. Yeah. So the university definitely couldn't say they didn't know because... No, I don't see how they... Somebody knows. It's not a secret. No. And in fact, that exact hazing ritual that Stone was subjected to, they knew was being done prior. A report was made to them, I think it was two years before. In, no, it was in 2019, so it was four years prior. It, it, it told them the exact situation. That yeah. happened when Stone was when Stone died. Yeah. From the blindfolds to everything. And it was an anonymous report that was being done about Pike. So. And you can't not nothing was take done. that seriously because it's anonymous. Of course, they're going to do it anonymously yeah. because they don't want them coming after them. Well, and they said, well, we took it seriously, but nothing was done. So I don't know if I've convinced you of their negligence, but we can keep going. Okay. There were tons of examples proving that BGSU knew that hazing was going on across their campus, tons of, you know, reports of this, that, and the other, and they had done some disciplining over the years, not going to say that they never did it, right? but a lot of times it was just a slap on the wrist, or they disciplined them then, and then they let them come back. So, a little legal lesson for today. In order to have negligence, the university had to have owed Stone a responsibility. Right. The attorney for the Foltz family, which they used Cooper Elliott Law based in Columbus, Ohio, 
Shout out to them because all their stuff is PDF. You can just find it. Nice. They had a duty to prove that the university had to keep Stone safe or that he that the university owed him a responsibility. Right. They did this. They had several counts of negligence proving, you know, that the university had done this prior and that they knew Pike was hazing and that by allowing Pike to haze and not handling it correctly for years, in conjunction with their promotion of Greek life, that they were definitely negligent in Stone's death. They had, I think it was like five or seven counts of negligence in their complaint yeah. against university and improving that they owed him a responsibility, which they did. They knew better. All of this contributed to the verdict in the end. And on January 23rd of 2023, Bowling Green State University agreed to pay out $2.9 million as well as partner with the Fultz family to eliminate hazing. It is the largest payout by a public university in a hazing case in Ohio history, which is kind of a stretch, but that was Rex Elliott, the family attorney, again, saying that. Gotcha. The other defendants, including Pike, which is Pi Cap Alpha, mm-hmm. agreed to pay a combined $7.2 million to the family. Wow. That was a large payout. So they've used that, and Stone's family and the university have come together to create the I Am Stone Foltz Foundation, which is a nonprofit that educates on hazing, the dangers of alcohol abuse, and with they have a goal of eradicating hazing entirely. Their uh, link will be in our link tree as well as in the show notes for that as well. So that's the case. That's the case. Well, it's that is, don't take this the wrong way, but that is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I just, it's one of those cases you're like, how did we end up here? Like, why is this happening? And the answer is privilege. (laughs) They've let these boys do it for too long, is the problem. And it's, like I said, I think that it, it, the blame is to go to both parties, you know, both to the boys who contributed, who did the crime of, you know, hazing. Even though they didn't directly kill him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want people to think that we're, they're not whole No, they're not. That wasn't their intention. That's never but the intention. No, but hazing is illegal for a reason, and they're told not to do it for a reason. Yeah. That's because there are thousands of hazing deaths, and it doesn't end well. But then, well, in addition, the university isn't handling it right. Yeah. I just, my personal feelings on, like, like I said, I I realized before I even went to college that like frat sorority not my thing. I've never really fit in anywhere like anywhere fully, mm-hmm. and it's things like that that make me go, no, that's okay. <laughs> I don't want to fit in that badly that I'm gonna yeah get caught up in something that and so like I said, I was a high school girl like a couple times went to a, a frat house for parties with not necessarily like all the frat guys just the guys that live there were there and then our couple of friends yeah. invited like all our coworkers. so i want to clarify that because i'm i'm not that girl um i'm not like going alone to party with a She's bunch of frat guys like other girls no not at all not really at all <laughs> <laughs> but um it yeah. makes me sad that kids want so badly to fit in somewhere and to 
be part of something Mm -hmm. like that, that they will go to such lengths, not just that, oh, the the bigger, you know, Mm -hmm. they feel like there's just that cycle of like, well, we did it. So now it's our turn to do it to you. Not just that, that makes me sad in and of itself, but it makes me sad that the younger ones feel the need Mm -hmm. to do that because... And like I said earlier, I know tons of people who have had great experiences with Greek life and sororities. Yeah, my stepsisters were in a sorority and they loved it. It's not for, you know, but it's just... Shouldn't let it go on. They should have nipped it in the bud and they knew that it was a problem and they did it anyway. Sad. Yeah. But I think this is one case where the way that we have our justice system set up where you could do a civil case after your criminal trial works out pretty well because now we have something, we have a nonprofit that is doing what they can to, um, you know, further awareness and really make it so that hazing stops because it is illegal and they need to stop doing it. Yeah. Well, it's it's the only comforting thing to a family Mm -hmm. who loses somebody abruptly who's young is both Mm -hmm. knowing that he was able to donate his organs yes to people who needed it and yeah and then if it's you know that they lost him due to other people's negligence Mm -hmm. then that they can make the cliche lemonade out of lemons Mm -hmm. and also i forgot to mention jacob and well, I don't know. I can't speak for Troy, but Jacob did accept his sentence humbly and he was fine with everything that he was given. He did plead not guilty, but it wasn't because he said he didn't do anything. It's because he was, well, that was a his lot of attorney. Yeah. yeah, that's just yeah. the advice of the attorney. His attorney was yeah. like, well, they, but they can't get you on manslaughter. So you don't want to plead guilty because, you know. Yeah. But he was he was fine with his charges and he learned from his experience and so i hope that they've been rehabilitated and that they're not going to make those choices again obviously <laughs> but yeah. yeah well that's what i mean by when i say it's sad for everybody too because they were almost done with college and then they got expelled you said right um i know that the fraternity got expelled i don't remember if they got expelled from the college i'm sure oh, that okay. they did okay so but I know that the fraternity way, itself got expelled. The- you had to spend some time in jail. Like, you just mm-hmm. ruined your own... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say you ruined your own future. Like, for good, I, you'll get back on track. But Or hopefully yeah. you get back on track. But, yeah. It's and just- it's hard for us to know. Like, we don't know how involved Jacob was in the planning of that. We don't know who's the... Yeah where it starts and where it stops and it's hard to tell in these brotherhood type situations yeah where the problem is so yeah a lot of feelings about this case a lot of it i think comes back to well they've just been getting away with it for so long yeah and so yeah if you have any other thoughts let us know absolutely if you have any questions let us know if you know how to correct this issue no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So in that case, contact the foundation. Contact the foundation. Again, their nonprofit link will be, it'll be the first link in the um, show notes. It'll be on our link tree underneath our listen here. It'll be the second link under that. Yeah. So hopefully, I want to say hopefully now you've got awareness about this case because I don't want, 
I feel bad that we have to talk about it, but at the same yeah, time, I I knew. I guess I kind of knew that there was laws against hazing and that mm-hmm. they had kind of cracked down on things, but yeah, it's I just not, know about it in not, Ohio because of this case. There are yeah. statutes in Ohio specifically against yeah, hazing. Yeah, I. It's been a while. I I haven't had reason to keep up on it mm-hmm. personally, so it is interesting to hear. Like, wow, this is really still mm-hmm. going on. It's crazy. So, but we hope you enjoyed because this is a little bit different than what we normally do. Not that we like have a niche when it comes to what crime we talk about, but a lot of time it's murders <laughs> or murders, murders, <laughs> or you know, white collar crime. And so this is a little different with a uh, accidental yes. death, but definitely there were people who had faults. So, absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for listening. I know I talked really fast in this one, but it was because I had a lot of legal language I was reading. We tend to be fast talkers. When we get going. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye. Till next time. Bye. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Burden of Proof Pod and email us at burdenofproofpod at gmail.com.